about this podcast. Your hosts, Ed Hammond and Diego Kaminker, talk with global leaders in healthcare informatics about the evolution, current status, and future of healthcare interoperability in their regions and worldwide. This podcast is sponsored by EMEA IASI and HL7 International and is produced by HL7 Argentina. Ed and Diego select five questions for their guests and then let them answer freely. The questions are randomly chosen live from a longer list, so they'll be surprised and their guests will be surprised too. About our sponsors. About the Academy. The International Academy of Health Sciences Informatics was established in 2017 under the auspices of EMEA, the International Medical Informatics Association. It promotes the dissemination of informatics-based knowledge and best practices, fosters new ideas, and encourages worldwide collaboration and sharing of expertise and resources. About HL7 International. Founded in 1987, Health Level 7 International is a not-for-profit ANSI-accredited standards-developing organization. HL7 is supported by more than 1,600 members from over 50 countries, including 500-plus corporate members. About HL7 Argentina. HL7 Argentina was founded in 1999, making it one of the oldest HL7 affiliates. HL7 Argentina created the HL7 Fire Fundamentals course, which has educated about 7,000 students in HL7 standards worldwide since 2008. A little about your hosts. Diego Kaminker has defined, implemented, and maintained hundreds of healthcare interoperability projects using the major HL7 standards. He's an Academy Fellow and is currently an Affiliate Director on the HL7 International Board. Ed Hammond is Chair Emeritus and Founder of HL7 International, Chair of the Standards Panel of EMEA-IASI, and Creator of the original HL7 Messaging Standard. For more details, be sure to check out the podcast notes. Hello and welcome. Uh, we are uh, in our new episode of this podcast with uh, my friend Ed here and our special guest uh, today. We are transmitting from Nevada, from Henderson, the US. And our guest today is uh, Dr. Uh, Michio Kimura. Hello, Michio. Yeah, good morning. Michio is a professor and director of the medical informatics depth at uh, Hamatsu University School of Medicine. He received MS for information processing from Tokyo University 1982, from Osaka University 86, and PhD from radiology from Tokyo University 90. He's a fellow of American College of Medical Informatics and of HS7 International, an ex-president of the Japan Association for Medical Informatics, an academic associated with uh, 3,000 members, uh, vice president of EMEA, former president of the Asia Pacific Association of Medical Informatics, a regional charter of EMEA. Dr. Kimura is leading many healthcare standards activities. He's at HS7 Japan Chair, IHE International Board, and ISO TC250 Working Group 2 Japan Team Leader. Dr. Kimura is also a Japan Ministry of Health Committee member for Healthcare Standards. And his careers on health informatics standards and healthcare policies naturally made many related authorities to recognize him as a precious source of expertise, including the American Chamber of Commerce, Swedish Embassy of Japan, Korean Ministry of Health, and Academy of Health. He is also 
a fellow of the Academy of Yasi. So welcome, you are really a treasure oh, for us. Such an honor to be here, to be invited. Ed, uh, uh, some words for Michio? Well, I, tell you, I think Michio has, has been a colleague for many, most of his career before actually HL7. Uh, he is a world leader, world renowned, and uh, is the most gracious host whenever you do anything in Japan of anybody I know. So it's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to have him uh, in our podcast today. Thank you very much, Ed. So you know how this works. We will ask Michio the first question, which is fix it. And then randomly, we will select five more questions for him from our pool. So the first question for you is, how did you become involved in healthcare interoperability standards? What was your drive? Why did you get involved in healthcare interoperability? Okay, uh, as my career shows, uh, I started my career as a, uh, the first education was an information processing. But actually, I my my generation is the third generation. My daughter is the fourth generation of uh, my family of uh, physician uh, practice business. So, oh, many relatives of me said, "Why don't Michio go to medical school?" But uh, uh, my two elder brothers already became a physician or medical school. So my father told me, "You don't have to be a physician." You do anything you like. And at that time, I was a middle school student at the time of 70, uh, 1970. The uh, large computers, computers itself are coming to our life at that time. IBM 360, uh, that kind of uh, mainframes coming to uh, common uh, large companies. So looking at that, oh, it's going to be a computer age coming. Mm -hmm. so, so I learned much about information processing at Tokyo University. But at that time, uh, world famous professor Shigekoto Kaihara uh, was in Tokyo University Hospital. And naturally, I was uh, uh, very much interested in how the computer, a new technology is being applied to medicine. So I went to the Tokyo University Hospital for Professor Kaihara and found that they are fighting for delivering the data to the physicians or hopefully at the time the second uh, generation ai boom was 70s and 80s and i thought that it, it, it's going to be very interesting so oh i my my uh, master thesis was in in information engineering course was application of uh, production system, a rule-based system, to uh, selection of antibiotic uh, uh, prescription. So you created a, an intervention yes. of, the, of the antibiotics that the, yeah. the patient should take depending on some right, rules? Right, at that time, so many antibiotic uh, medicine coming in and doctors uh, being at a loss of which, which antibiotics is uh, uh, suitable for as each patient. So that my content. Then, then through discussion with Professor Kaiha and also making uh, the, uh, the AI applied system in Tokyo University Hospital, uh, looking at the clinical uh, situation, oh, 
I had to be a physician to let my opinion uh, come true. So I went to Osaka University at the time uh, of medicine, uh, of school of medicine, at the time accepting uh, the, the students and, and into the third year. We, we have six year uh, of uh, medical, medical school. So I went to Osaka. Osaka is near to Kobe, uh, where my family is uh, living uh, at the time. So I uh, became the physician and I selected which way to go. Hmm, I did some uh, AI applied system already. Hmm, how about image processing, image recognition is going to be a good research item, I thought, and I selected Department of Radiology. But looking at the situation, of course, at the time, it was the year of 1970, uh, no, 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 80 or 82. Mm -hmm. 82, 82. So, oh, the situation is film based reading, of course, but the data itself was stored in a magnetic tape with a CT scans. At the time, only digital uh, imaging apparatus. And like to gather the CT scan uh, images data. Uh, G said, it's okay to you, Dr. Kimura, please sign this contract. Looking at that, oh, I had to keep the uh, secret of uh, data format of GECT to Toshiba also. Uh, you know, it's okay for, for your use, but you have to sign the contract. Oh, in that case, if this CT9800 GECT scanner is going to be replaced to a new one, how about the data? Oh, it's going to be thrown away. Lost. Thrown away. So, before <laughs> going to research recognition, we can't keep the patient information, patient data alive. Uh, so, if we change the CT scan to Toshiba scans, they're going to be lost. No, 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 it's not the way. My family in history, my father, my grandfather told me that uh, keeping the patient data uh, is the most important thing for physicians. You don't have to, uh, you never lose them because if you lose it, you have to uh, ask the patient, what was the problem? <laughs> so you're going to lose confidence. Okay, so it applies to the larger hospitals, larger teaching hospitals of Tokyo University, I thought. So, so at the time, before DICOM, it's a version one and two of DICOM was ACL NEMA standard, start, uh, starting up for the project. And I was very happy that uh, the Japan Association for Imaging Diagnosis Operators invited me to a committee member of uh, uh, you know, or diagnostic image standards uh, creation. Naturally, at that period, and I, I think because GE was sold in our country, uh, where, where we uh, we sell Toshiba products in Europe, and the Philips is coming, Siemens is coming. So there's a, already a global market for imaging operators. Naturally, uh, Ministry of Industry, it wanted ACL Japanese standard to be compliant with ACL NEMA standard. Very natural. Uh, very much friendship has been established from the beginning. So ACL NEMA standard was published 
And I did the first implementation in our country, in Tokyo University, connecting uh, GCT scanners, data, uh, images on Toshiba Park system. And it made the radiologists very surprised. Oh, Toshiba operators can play, can show GECT images. We can do that <laughs> by the standards. Okay, this is the way I, I'm, I was confident at the time. So, uh, yes, uh, many years, uh, we had struggled to uh, propagate the HLM standard and it became DICOM standard to, uh, to, to make corrections of the technical oldness. Uh, most of the case it was, uh, uh lower, lower level. Uh, and also the fifth level of uh, interchange of data, uh, DICOM, DICOM fifth. Amazing layer. how a, a big uh, breakthrough mm -hmm. comes from his father's advice, oh, yeah. not losing the data <laughs> of the patient. You are the, the guardian, the custodian of the patient data. Yeah. And that's that's something new I've learned uh, about Michelle, but, but just listening to him, you can understand the impact he has had on what's Everyone. happening. Everyone. <laughs> yes. Of and, the world. And the one, he, he's, there are a number of innovative things. I mean, we could leave this one question and let him continue to talk and get, and get on his back. But the truth is, he, one of the innovations, one of the first persons that I know that, that put patient data on a disc and gave it to them to bring back mm -hmm. and, and, I was skeptic that the patients would lose the disc already, but apparently it turned out to be a rather uh, successful innovation, I think, and really engaged the patient at a level that most of us still had yet to reach. So I think that's an important contribution that Michelle made as well. So naturally, I thought of, uh, we did nice in uh, images. Why not non-image data? And at the time, at maybe at the SCAMSI uh, conference, American Association Medical Informatics Conference. Uh, I met Clay McDonald and uh, I met uh, Ed Hammond and learned that this HL7 standard is for that. So I learned that one and I persuaded the ministry and the uh, Japan Industry Association for not images, but this time is a uh, uh, health information processing system to make the HL7 Japan affiliate. It's about uh, 25 years ago, I think. And uh, I, we, we created the HL7 Japan affiliates. And since that, I've been a chair of HL7 Japan. Thank you very much for this first question. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> and, so, I, and what he has omitted in that, I hope we pick up in some of the others, but he has, he has sponsored, uh, uh, I guess, an ISO meeting at Hamamatsu. Oh, yes. Uh, that, that had significant it was the first time that the the heads of governments onc and, and yes. the equivalent of that came together and it was the first time we had seen the world beginning to work together at that level and that was the conference at hamawatsu nice okay let's uh bring the next question let's select one question okay it's question number eight let's see what it is any specific thoughts about the relationship between healthcare interoperability standards and big data, mm -hmm. which are the gaps and how can we move forward? Mm -hmm. Now we have many standards successfully implemented, successfully accumulated. That, that, that's the thing I wanted to be, wanted to have. Let, let's see, images, including movies this time, and lab results, okay, with codes, 
uh, prescription history could be uh, prescription uh, could be uh, dispensing. Uh, we have it. <laughs> then we have many reports. And though in uh, natural language uh, written, we have the uh, clinical chart uh, doctor's notes uh, in electronic way, not not uh, not necessarily the uh, structured way. And we are going to have some. Uh, wearable data, uh, you know, oh, data coming to our hospitals from patients and maybe other uh, cloud processor being uh, used when we send the image data, when we send the lab data, uh, and the simulation results are coming in. So many kind of things we have available. Most of the things are structured for or future uh, analysis uh, could be, uh, you know, or, or for research and also the uh, public health purposes. What are uh, missing? Uh, I think what we think we are missing is uh, not structured data, uh, mainly our text uh, written uh, doctors and nurses' notes. So, oh, looking at the you know uh, case report form of clinical researches, or could be other you know research you know or research group data collection, the answers uh, of course lab results prescriptions okay it can be uh, exported automatically it could be. Uh, We've done that. We have the sta standards. You have, have the correct terminology. Yeah, right, right. You have the right, the right, right structure. Right, right. Then, how about uh, phenotype? So, what are the uh, the physicians' uh, notes? Uh, my understanding is we miss something, and because of that, uh, pharmaceutical companies are sending somewhat professionals to interpret from the text medical chart to an appropriate categorization into the case report form. So, oh, that's a gap uh, right now. The biggest gap, I think, to move to, uh, could be a big data, could be a public health researches, clinical researches. These are the same. Uh, I think they have the same, uh, they share the same big gap of this one. So, oh, my, my, view for the, for this to be solved is uh, data should be cleaned at the entrance. I mean, when the doctor writes the medical chart. But you think that the doctor should enter structured information or should be something? Let me tell you. I, I, yeah. I, 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 sorry, I disturbed you during intervention. But about uh, 15 years ago, when EMR coming into our hospital, oh, vendors prepared templates of many specialities. Mm -hmm. But doctors, most of the doctors uh, didn't use, saying that it takes time. So most of the doctors, it's much faster for me to text the contents. But some specialities like uh, OBGYN, or could be some rheumatoid diseases kind of uh, specialists are using that kind of uh, templates because it's the same way we do. Saying they say 
It's the same way they do. So looking at the psychiatry department, or could be the digestive tract internal medicine, the expression is very, very uh, rhetorical. Rhetoric, they use rhetoric into the text. And very they, free, free, very free text. Free. So oh, we had to bridge these gaps. For them, for them, I mean the less structured text-based specialities to, to put the, the information into the database in a structured way. So the, the templates the vendors use uh, that prepared for EMR about 15 years ago, um, only 20% were successful. But right now, right now, doctors, even that kind of uh, specialists are required to conform to the guideline of pra clinical practices. Mm -hmm. So if we prepare uh, templates, dynamic templates, uh, dynamic templates, it's a, Osaka University started this concept, which, which involves the information categorization according to the templates, clinical temp, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, clinical guidelines. Oh, they will be happy to use. And of course, there must be some additions. Oh, please take, use a text, the text for, for additional things. And if you, younger doctors, you, if, it will be preferred if you put sharp before the things you, hmm, it could be some phenomenon or it could be some a new symptom. Please put sharp before that. So, so for, for the later researchers to very easily correct, uh, you know, uh, the the like flag. Uh, well, well, they are right, not, right. They are not the uh, sure. Oh, they say, oh, it's interesting. It's a, it's the way we do in show, uh, social network systems. So uh, they gonna be happy. To Any that. comment? Ed? Yes. So, <laughs> you know, I think you're you're talking about something that we're all struggling with right now is the capture of data and the problem with with structured data captured as structure is it can be influenced. For example, if you're using a, a drop-down list, uh, and you know, I'm, my own self are beginning to think that the physician's notes contain more information than some of the structure stuff. But you mentioned artificial intelligence in your beginning now. Is, is, is AI have potential application to help solve this problem of, of, uh, of text Input. How, how about how how are you going about analytics? What kind of analytics are you in? About thirty years ago, I saw that uh, the structure, the network of representing the medical knowledge. They tried about thirty years ago, or maybe thirty-five years ago, or they tried to do that, but most of the case in failure because it becomes so enormous. Enormous is okay right now, but. Uh, not a monotone structure, monotone hierarchy. So one disease can be structured in this axis, it could be the pathological uh, categorization, or it could be the anatomical uh, categorization. Many kind of axes uh, should be used, but it makes a chaos for the doctors to put that kind of things into uh, the multi-axis structured way. So what can the uh, computer system help is uh, the computer system has multi-axis axial uh, structures. So it's ontology. So it's gonna, I, I'm looking at uh, Snowball CT, of course, and then to ICD-11 for the doctors to be helped. 
that way. It could be helped, or maybe I think the first trial, 20% was success. I mean, the templates, it could be the monotone hierarchical structure. 20% of the, uh, the clinical specialty can be described that way. 80% was uh, left. Then we are going to raise the rate of the 20 to maybe 50 or 60 uh, this time, I hope. Mm. So the phenotyping is a key of the question towards the big data and also the, uh, the public health uh, use or the clinical research use. So are the phenotypes being standardized and used throughout the community or are they just for a hospital, just for a particular group? How, how much standardization is really going in the direction of the creation of the phenotypes? The, the categorizing access changes from large hospitals, teaching hospitals, to local clinics. So it's going to be difficult for one uh, structural phenotype uh, to be used for both to the large hospitals, to the small clinics. So um, maybe small clinics may use uh, some just a subset of that kind of things. I may, I'll let the uh, professional societies decide which thing is most important, which things in which uh, categories and which uh, items you like to be standardized. You like to collect information. You like to make the clinical guideline on it. You need a big data? Yes? Then, then. Why don't you, uh, specialist society, medical societies, each societies, say that you are going to declare these minimum set uh, version 2023 or something like that for the members, even to the large hospitals, to the small clinics, please uh, put this maybe 15 to, to, to maybe 20, 30, 30 is a uh, limit to the clinical a very busy situation in our, in our country. Uh, doctors can fill in an interview session, but still, uh, for the for for the new uh, care, new method to be uh, invented, you you your societies should declare that. Oh, please, doctors in our society, please put this minimum sets uh, to every cases. So for every case, you are you are, you are stating that yeah. they need to create at at most. 30 items, 30 da yeah. data items Absolutely. that should be required. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the Diabetes Society of Japan and the Hypertension Society of Japan and the Hyperlipidemia Society of Japan and the Renal Society of Japan, they said, oh, that's a good, good idea. They already collected manually the huge amounts of data and failed to analyze. Because we may mostly because local clinics are so busy to fill all of them. So the the list of the things they required was so large. So they know that kind of thing should be a limited number. It was more than thirty, like it was no, fifty or less than that. They know uh, cutting many things is important things. Making that small is important things, and all the remainders, please. Put sharp <laughs> the, the flag on the main text for future big data use. Why don't you do that? Oh, it, it will be nice to the younger physicians. Okay, so I, I say the uh, the key to the uh, big data analysis, public health analysis, 
is uh, limiting the uh, you know the mandated number of uh, items to be collected. Very interesting. So, so let me ask you one question. Do you think HL7 should be doing standardization related to phenotypes, for example? Itself not, but uh, HL7 should show the way and show the experience of success and failure. And let the, uh, each professional uh, specialized uh, clinical societies should do that because it changes. We cannot update it. And, and, and the question, of, of course, with the professional society is that some phenotypes cover more than one society. Mm -hmm. So you you need some organizations. And now maybe HL7's role is uh, trying to put those groups together. Mm. If you can orchestrate them, very difficult to do. <laughs> that answers my question. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So let's get the, the, new, the new question. Okay. Apparently, it's uh, number four. So I think we will combine two questions. Mm -hmm. We will have a uh, number two and four together. Oh, okay. Because uh, first tell us uh, about the use of standards in your country. Maybe it's too long. So mm -hmm. maybe uh, highlight some successes oh, or yes. failures. Oh, yes, yes. The next part of the question is, what is your vision moving forward? What do you, what do you envision mm -hmm. for your country in terms of interoperability or okay. healthcare interoperability? First, success was instant success and it was an image exchange it was a big success so going into the non-image kind of things emr already came in and the proprietary things fujitsu standard and nec standards ibm japan standard had been already prevailed uh, imaging ge toshiba siemens and philips was in harmony. So let the vendors uh, hand in hand to make the big, big, big success. I've been talking to the Fujitsu NEC and other EKG monitor things recently uh, successfully ISO standardized. There's a uh, Fukuda Electronics and uh, Nippon Koda and uh, ophthalmologic uh, operators NIDEC and Topcom. The top two vendors are having the world share uh, com uh, combined in 70%. Uh, remainder is a little bit of size and uh, some uncompatible makers. So, uh, not the one vendor dominates the standard, prevail and overcome. Not that business model, but look at the DICOM success model. So, NEC Fujitsu, you should be uh, hand in hand for the common common storage of data where the doctors can have it doctors can let the patient have it uh, and the patient can hand it to hand it or transmit it uh, to the new doctors new department new new hospitals and of course to the research purposes here you know in our country in our country how the hospital directors and managers think to introduce a new system is according to the uh, insurance pricing, insurance tariff ministry makes. So the hospital directors say it is making money because of the insurance reimbursement or not. We've been, we have been not reimbursed by that way. So the, I thought, 
I said to the ministry that if you put premium on the standardization or could be a penalty not standardized things, mm-hmm. it will make your, 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 I mean, the ministry people's, ministry people thinking that inter- interchange of the information is very important. And of course, the clinical researchers, your dream is going to be successfully made true. So I was successful in making the ministry people, made the ministry standard. HL7, of course, version two series, and now the fire documents, like the, uh, the referral documents, the discharge summaries, uh, uh, fire, fire-based thing is standardized. CDA-based is way back already standardized uh, as a ministry. And DICOM, of course, EKG monitor output, of course, and of course, uh, uh, lab test uh, codes, medicine codes, uh, the document, many kinds of reports are ministry standards. So, so, the ministry said that our uh, policy is going to be based on the ministry designated standard where you have the ministry standard on that region, on, on that area. So that was successful, making all NEC, Fujitsu, EMR to, uh, exp- uh, to export lab result test uh, prescriptions and disease classifications into HSA. How much time did it take for you to convince them that this is this was the way to go? Starting about uh, 12 years ago and first they disregarded it. <laughs> but uh, when the ministry really noted that any further future our subsidies and policies going to be based on that. They, they, I mean, the vendors slowly realized that they had to conform too. So, uh, starting to 12 years ago and uh, about seven years ago, oh, HO7 uh, exports are uh, already within the within the EML system, both for uh, Fujitsu and NEC. Now we have the uh, 1500 uh, storages, uh, SSMIC storages, which where, where uh, we can store, regardless of the vendor, the HO7 version 2 series uh, lab results and test uh, prescriptions, and also some CDA documents. Now, now storing the FIRE documents in nationwide way. That was a, a, a key success. And what would you think is uh, what your vision for, for the next? years what, what what would you like to see how to motivate the doctors how to motivate the hospitals now oh ministry is now thinking one thing is that looking at the united states blue button why don't we have to do that <laughs> look at look at the northern european and uk situations we, we we have so many private sector hospitals in our country. It, it is not possible for them for, for them to throw away their current things and put the new things, national standardized one thing. So so the way is not uh, standardizing then just uh, making one, one system being used nationwide. Instead, we have to standardize the exchange format, exchange protocol. So that's the way we do right now. So. So, so ministry is now going to make a large, big subsidy. We've been persuading them, look at the blue button, look at the UK, 
fairly quickly uh, exported uh, COVID-19 clinical uh, research results. We did nothing. So, so, so in, in next, in next, you know, oh, infectious disease breakout, we had to be prepared. Oh, ministry said, oh, yes, yes. And uh, LDP, uh, the government, no, 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 the cabinet uh, leading party uh, have a, a health IT DX uh, vision, which says this kind of things should be standardized, strongly standardized. And according to that, the uh, Ministry of Health is persuading the Ministry of Finance to get subsidy of the mm, about 10 times of the total things we have been uh, awarded. And it's going to be uh, mm, to, to 10 billion, no, 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 100 billion yen, to, which means 100 billion dollar, uh, going to be next year. Uh, two years, three years, to make the exchange of uh, lab results and prescription at least uh, to be stored in a national uh, cloud. Mm -hmm. Every time they do the examination, every time they do the prescription to that. And when when the patient goes to the next hospital or clinic, they're going, going, going to, with, with the uh, approval of the patient, the consent of the patient, they are going to be downloaded and the doctors can see that. That's the way we are going to. Since you mentioned COVID, yeah. any any other comment? Ed, no, no, just keep going, get the COVID question out here. Okay, so you mentioned COVID and one of the questions we have is how did the COVID pandemic change your view about uh, healthcare IT standards? Yeah. And, and what will you change for the next pandemic? Mm. These three years, we've been doing it in a perfectly paper-based way. So, so the health station, we have health station everywhere uh, by, uh, by the ministry. What is a health station? Health station, what I say, it's a vaccination station or, or the infectious disease data collection. Used to be, of course, that that was for blue or it could be... Uh, but it's not inside of the hospital. It's, uh, it's outside the hospital, not doing the practice. Not doing the practice. Just just that. when I was a boy, I was taken to the health station and the vaccines of the uh, rabies or the vaccines of the, uh, the well, mumps or the measles, that kind of things has been mm -hmm. uh, done in the health stations. Uh, that, that was by the ministry. But so the, the mission of them was to collect the infectious disease breakout. But thousands, thousands, thousands of facts go paper packs going in the calculator. They put, looking at the paper and put it in the vaccine res, uh, registration system manually. But look at the Israeli situation, UK situation. They are doing the, the electronic way from the beginning, from the beginning. We are at the, from, at the uh, health station, paper-based facts coming from the clinics, facts coming from the hospitals. So why don't we eliminate the paper-based work. That's the first motivation of the leading LDP, a leading party of the cabinet, motivated to do the transform DX, uh, health, health IT DX. So we're going to be subsided. So then the uh, submission to the cloud, I said, it's a cloud, the cloud to be used for infectious disease surveillance mm -hmm. because uh, I have the uh, citizenship card, 
but not mandated. But right now, the 70% of the people have it. And we are going to have the insurance certificate on net uh, so that uh, every hospitals and clinics can make sure that this person is very uh, insured. And the, the purpose of installation of the health, health chip card is including, of course, the insurance business uh, transactions and prevention of the infectious disease breakout and registrations. So we can use uh, cloud, national cloud, with the lab results and prescriptions and disease names included, can be used for the reports of the infectious disease breakout uh, registrations. So that's a way, at mm. least, we do eliminate the paper-based, human-based input of the uh, surveillance of the infectious diseases. And more things, let me say. Uh, we have most of the case SSMIX standard, but not every, all hospitals have that. And in a situation, we thought what we have in common, in perfectly standard, is uh, insurance reimbursement claim Format. We have only one uh, insurance uh, reimbursement claim format with uh, with the vocabulary perfectly standardized. Not the clinical context we, within the reimbursement. Uh, it's not a surprise, Mikio. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, not 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 the results of the test, but the thing that the patient has done been done. This examination is included, but at least you have how many respirators being used, whether respirators being used by to that patient or not, is within the reimbursement claim. And plus that, reimbursement claim monthly submitted to the insurance uh, agencies, but but patient may discharge any times from the hospital. So we have EMR daily maintained. That today, that patient has tested this thing and also used the respirator is daily maintained. So, ministry, please hear me. That hear me, I mean, not me, but uh, uh, Japan Association of Medical Informatics advice that we we say that every hospital and clinic have daily maintained. Uh, medical procedures, lab result, lab lab test procedures, prescriptions daily maintained. You can collect daily so that you can have the how many patients are using the respirators. How many right now today? How many patients are using ECMOs today? You have the real updated thing. How many patients died today? Mm -hmm. So ruling party said oh oh we have that things perfectly standardized daily maintained oh we can be israel we can be uk so that's the way uh, the subsidy is going oh, of course of course the data set is already fixed but the data could be uh, implemented in the fire resources that's the way we are going to do draw the the future plans. Next question, and I think it's the last question, yeah. because we are running out of time. And last question is number 16. 16. And the question is, 
is our current pool of terminology standards enough for our healthcare IT exchange needs? Mm -hmm. Which gaps and barriers in adoption do you see and how can we help? Please note that we are not subscribing subscribing Snowball City uh, because I think terminology is so much closely related to cultures. So, or categorization of signs and symptoms. We saw the Snowball City, some parts, oh, it, according to the, how the doctors are thinking in Japan, but some are not. So, of course, translating and translation, maintaining uh, efforts, thinking of the efforts and cost, we are not uh, subscribing the uh, Snowball City in our country. So, we are looking at uh, ICD-11. I hear that they include the ICF functionality, I think. Uh, it's going to be very important for for, uh, for the have you college. tested it already have uh, you done some, some hospitals already tested and it is good it is enough they say and uh, uh, they they, uh, they they have under the control of the you know aged care stations they say that our icf is very nice say, oh if icd 11 is going to include icf it will be fine so we are not going to use Snowball City, but we are going to use ICD-11 ontology. And what is your plan? Like, when will that happen? Maybe in, in how many years? Uh, st uh, starting from certain uh, uh, specialties, just like the aging uh, care societies. Oh, oh it, 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 as soon as uh, ICD-11 is going to be a, uh, designated as a ministry standard by the Ministry of Health, and if it includes ICF, oh, we are ready to do that. So, and so, there's a Japanese version already. Of course, uh, ICF they made their their version, but a ministry may take uh, take care of it. Ministry has the ICD room uh, roomings, uh, ICD department within the ministry uh, take care of the translation. And so that uh, as soon as the translation. Okay, ready, we we have only one more minute. Okay. Ed, we want to ask something else or well, any comment, Mr. Kame, and. and this has been a, a, one of our most informative uh, conversations with you and, and clearly the role that you've played in Japan, the role Japan has played in the world and, and moving forward with some of the things that you're doing. And I, I mean, I think the introduction of ICD-11 is going to be watched carefully to see uh, what the impact of that is going to be on, on the rest of the world. But the comment I want to make is, is with all the activists we've heard about uh, with Michio, uh, he has a stable of racehorses <laughs> and several winter winners in all of that. He almost promised me one for my birthday, but but unfortunately, I asked him about it and he made this terrible face. But uh, I think it's interesting to know uh, his his compassion for uh, more than what we've heard about now too, and certainly the horses for a number of years. Mm -hmm. let, let, let me ask, uh, add some uh, Korean and Taiwan situations. Uh, we learned much from Korea and Taiwan. Taiwan started chip card to the patient, every patient, oh, way back 15 years ago. I've been persuading, they are doing that. Uh, why don't we learn them? And, oh, and, and to, to, in return, Korean people 
uh, come to Japan with the ministry, Korean ministry people to, to official, please say that thing to our uh, Korean ministry officials. Okay, okay, okay. This situation and the, thank you, thank you. And they, they uh, learn uh, much about our situation and implementation methods and secrets, you know, strategies. So we are very much good uh cooperation with just uh, taiwan people just uh, korean people uh to use, use each other for their purposes very nice yes. and, and the other comment that, that i would make is i think that Michelle and his group have had a much better relationship with the government itself the minister of health the minister of finance that many of us have not made that that mm -hmm. move and i think what you've proved is the value of, of having that open channel conversation with people that listen and behave appropriately with the expert information you're giving them. And I think that's a lesson that we need to learn from Japan. Okay, guys, thank you very much, Ed, and thank you very much, Michio, you. for your My honor. Nice, My nice answers to our questions. And see you around. Goodbye from Henderson. Goodbye.